Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Not Just Gym Girls. I'm Marissa. And I'm Vanessa. And today we are pumped to bring you this episode. Today we're going to be talking about how to structure a training program. So this is definitely a question I would say we get oftentimes in regard to client questions or even just people who are curious about training. So we're really excited to dive into kind of just like a few of the outlets and kind of, you know, concepts that we go over when it comes to structuring a training program. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think this is one of the most common questions within coaching. And like you said, just people in general inquiring about like, how do I make a workout program that works for me? Like, what should I do? Where should I start? So we're going to break down a few things here that we look for as coaches and we look to as coaches when structuring a workout program. I know for myself and Marissa as well, when we are looking at making somebody's workout program, we are thinking about so many things and keeping in mind these things we're going to talk about today. For sure. So starting off here strong with number one, how many days realistically can you train, right? I think a lot of times, especially people who are just getting into it, they're like, well, I don't work out because I can't commit four to five days a week, right? And I totally hear you out a lot of times too. I know know we talked about this kind of theme beforehand, but not everyone has the same 24 hours in a day, right? If you're a college student, if you're a working mother, XYZ. So how many days realistically can you train? And also too, how many days can your body recover from? You know, for instance, like right now I am only training two days per week because that's all my body can recover from. Whereas Vanessa, you're what training probably four days a week. That's what I assumed. Yeah. Four days a week. Um, so this is really going to depend on the person. Um, and also kind of too, like on your goals, right? Like, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you just going in for just, hey, I want to move my body. I only have two, three days a week, that sort of thing. Are you training for something, right? Again, these are all going to kind of depend on whether or not you're training anywhere from like two to five days a week. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you touched on like what your body can recover from because I feel like so many people are so dedicated and motivated when they first start their fitness journey that they end up like going to the gym five, six, seven days a week, right? And that's obviously only sustainable like for so long, especially if you are training to the level that you should be. And I think something I want to touch on too is the word realistically that we touched on because realistically, we have to think about what's going to be long-term for you, right? What's going to be sustainable for you. So if you're at this point in your life where maybe, you know, you're maybe in between jobs or you're on a school break or something like that, maybe you have more time right now to dedicate to your training, but when work picks back up or when you're back in school, okay, maybe you have to be a little bit more realistic. Like maybe we're not training five days a week, maybe it's three and that's totally okay. And I think being able to make sure that your training fits within your lifestyle is so important. I love the fact that you touch on that. What can you sustain long-term, right? Because maybe most people can do like four or five days at the start, but then things happen, right? Like you mentioned, job changes, moving, so many different things that can kind of affect, okay, how many days can you train? And it's got to be something that you can do for the long-term, right? I know that you guys, if this is your first episode here, welcome. But if you've been listening for a while, you know that we're not a big fan of quick fixes, right? And that's exactly that. We want to be able to do something that you're going to sustain for the long-term. Yeah, absolutely. I think also speaking in with like how many days realistically can you train? I think also like wanting to train is a big factor in this too, because I know myself and Marissa as well, we've been at this for a while. Like I know for myself also here, like I don't necessarily have that same love for the gym that I first did where I do obviously still love it. It's just something where like I'm not itching around on my rest days to get into the gym and like to go train. Like I I love my rest days. And I think too, like if I was to be going six days a week for the last 
you know, eight years, I'm going to get burnt out on it. Right. And like, even now I only train four days a week, but there are some times like, I don't really want to go. And I think being able to be realistic about like, what are you going to enjoy? Like almost like the sustainability that we talked about, but what are you going to enjoy? What are you going to enjoy long-term and making sure that that's a priority as well? Yeah, I, for sure. And I really want to touch on that and kind of like piggyback off that idea, especially too, when it comes to like exercises and type of training that work well for you. Obviously we are really, really big proponents of strength training just due to its benefits. However, we realize that not everyone loves the same bodybuilding style training that we do enjoy. So kind of like structuring it to exercises that work well and fit for you, right? If you want to do like a AMRAP day, because that's something that you truthfully enjoy, not because you think it's going to make you burn more calories or whatever it may be. But if that's a style of training that you enjoy, right? If you kind of want to do, maybe you are like a gymnast or an athlete in the past and you want to do something that's more like functional, right? Into your training as well. You want to choose exercises that like not only fit well for you, but also that you truthfully enjoy. Because I know for me, when I've had coaches in the past and they program like exercises and things that I absolutely hate, it also made it like not hate, but like strongly disliked. Um, it made me not want to go to the gym, right? It made me, it's like, oh, I have to do this day where I just like, I'm not like really into it. I'm not super dedicated into it. Whereas like, okay, now I go to the gym. I absolutely look forward to and love like my upper body and lower body days, right? It just really, really depends, but also too, also too, not too, also too, um, everyone's different, right? People have had certain injuries, um, surgeries, things like that. I know myself specifically, I have quite a few limitations, so I have to choose exercises that fit well for me. Yeah, absolutely. Something else I want to touch on with the exercises that you touched on that I absolutely loved was where you talked about, yes, also like enjoying the training and enjoying the type of movement that you're doing. I think that's so important and definitely something that I've definitely changed my tune on over the past few years within coaching like I was very much so like bodybuilding is the only way to go strength training is the only way to go like this is what you want to you have to do in order to work with me it's definitely not that way anymore I would actually say I do less strength training program being now than I ever have done like I do more like Pilates for certain people I do more so like functional training for a lot of people and this has just come with time and understanding like just because I love strength training just because I love bodybuilding doesn't mean everybody's gonna love bodybuilding everybody doesn't need to train top set training to failure right and I think it's really important to understand that just because you know your coach or your friend or whatever is doing a certain style of training you don't have to do that style and you're not gonna look like you know the influencer on Instagram that's doing that style either it's also something like do you look forward to your training? Exercise should be enjoyable no matter what it is that you're doing. And I know we've definitely both gone through phases too where we've tried different methods of exercise and some we liked, some we didn't like. And I think it's important to just understand and give yourself grace that like, hey, if this type of exercise class or exercise style you don't enjoy, that's totally fine and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. And I think at the end of the day too, it definitely makes us a more well-rounded coach because I think for myself included, like I have definitely aired more towards like, okay, hi, yes, we have to do bodybuilding style like way, you know, back earlier in my career. Whereas now I have that flexibility. I understand that like exactly like you mentioned, not everyone has the same goal and it's got to be something that you can enjoy and sustain. Um, so with that being said, I kind of want to talk about like the different formats of, you know, what the training styles can be. So I don't know if you want to start here. Yeah, for sure. And I think this can kind of go with exercise selection as well, which is something super common. So within format, this is going to kind of look at how many days are you training, right? Because the amount of days that you're training is then it is going to definitely impact the format, right? If you're training on a full body split, you're not going to be doing that five days a week. That's a little bit too much, in my opinion, in terms of volume, in terms of like we mentioned earlier, recovering, things like that. So I think the formats you can kind of look to are going to be full body. You can do like an upper lower type split. 
or a push-pull leg split is very, very common. I've also seen people do like a combination of these, like a posterior day and things such as that. So that's kind of what I would say are the main three, push-pull legs, upper, lower, full body. This is going to depend on how many days you can train. So I would say personally, if you're training two to three days per week, I would say you're going to air in that more full body just from a standpoint of you want to make sure the frequency looks good and you want to make sure you're hitting your muscles enough that they're actually responding to the stimulus. When you're looking at like something like upper lower, I would say this is going to be more in like that four or five upper lower and push pull legs. Um, that's going to be in, like the more four or five day split because that's going to be something where you want to prioritize a little bit more certain muscle groups and making sure you can give that intensity to the muscle groups and make sure you can give that intensity a few days later when you hit it again. Yeah, for sure. And I absolutely love how you explain also to you the different reasons as to why when someone would be training, you know, maybe a upper lower or a full body X, Y, Z. Because I think a lot of times people can be like, oh, you know, like you said, four to five days of full body, whereas it just does not give your body enough time to recover. And there's no way that's right or wrong, right? I don't like, I know that we specifically love like a push pull legs. That's just something that we've always really, really enjoyed. And I would say air is more on like the bodybuilding style. However, it doesn't mean that one way is better than the other, right? Right now I am doing upper lower two days a week, which is kind of weird, not weird, but it's more so like a different case scenario because usually most people who do two would do two full body days, but my body just cannot recover. So again, there's like so many different kind of like scenarios and that's why like one way is not better than the other. And you kind of just have to like work and play around and find what works best for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the format too is gonna go well into here with like exercises because something I think is really common is like, Okay, so I want to do, you know, this format. Let's say it's going to be upper or lower. We can kind of talk about that. What exercises should I do? So I'm always going to be the standpoint of like compound movements first. I know some people like to do like one or two exercises to quote unquote warm up. I personally think of warm up more so as like walking on the treadmill, stretching mobility, and then moving into your exercises. I will also say that we do a bodybuilding style of training. So we have like warm up sets that we do and we don't just like go and start with our heaviest weight ever. So that's definitely a factor too. But within that, I think exercises are going to be compound movements are going to be things like your squats, your bench, your deadlifts, your rows, your lap pull downs, your shoulder press, things like that. Um, so when you're looking at that, you are going to be finding exercises within that that fit well for you that you enjoy and that are compound movements. Compound movements being they're using more than one muscle group, if you will. So if you're looking at something like a bench, it's going to be a shoulder and a chest movement. If you're looking like something like deadlift, legs and back, something like a squat, your entire leg. So that's kind of the breakdown. And then finding these exercises that you enjoy in a compound movement is where I would start. Yeah, I absolutely love how you mentioned that here. I think compound movements are just a huge, huge part of it and just making sure that that is kind of like your bread and butter of your training program, right? Um, so basically, like Vanessa said, compound movements are basically when you're using more than one muscle group. And then you have your accessory movements where you can add in here and there. Um, think about something like a hamstring curl or a leg extension. Um, those are going to be more of like a isolation movement or an accessory movement. Um, so th- those are important things to kind of touch on, but there is no like best way, right? You want to make sure that you're having a hip hinge movement, um, but there are so many different hip hinge movements that you can also do, right? So it's not like, oh, you have to do like a squat deadlift bench, right? Like obviously like those are really, really important. I think you want to have like some variation of that, but it's, it doesn't always have to be like, 
a barbell back squat in a, you know, conventional deadlift and things like that. I think what I'm kind of trying to say here is that like, there's so much variance within that as long as you're kind of like hitting the basics. There's so many ins and outs with like a training program. It's almost hard for us to explain this podcast because it's like, there's this and then there's this and there's this. So we're trying our best here, but bear with us. If you guys need more context, you can always message us as well or DM us or whatever it is, but it is something too that you touched on within like, there's so many ins and outs to training. And like you said, you want a hip hinge. And like you said, you want to see an accessory movement. So I think it'd almost be helpful here if we kind of just like break down like an upper lower body day, if you will. So we can kind of just like talk about them and how we would structure them just to give some context. For sure. So do you want to do upper? Yeah, I'll let's start lower. with upper and then we'll kind of talk about lower. Okay. So what I would definitely recommend, like I said, is like starting with the warm up and then also going into like your mobility. I think mobility personally, I would do in the beginning of my workout. Some people do it at the end, person dependent. Um, but what I would start with, with a upper body movement is kind of like looking at your goals. So if you're trying to build your shoulders or if you're trying to, you know, power lift, or if you're trying to have a really strong bench, that's going to be a huge factor, right? And that's going to be a huge factor in any training program scenario. But what I would really start with for most people is going to be a pushing movement of some sort. So for an example, just because I've been talking about it, let's talk about a bench. So what I would recommend for the client or whoever's going to be doing it is doing a benching movement that feels good for them. So if they don't really have great mobility with something like a, like a barbell for a bench, I would recommend doing like an incline bench with dumbbells or using a machine. I think machines can be so helpful with like a mind muscle standpoint and I think it can go really far so I would have somebody start there within you know a lower rep range and focusing on strength within their top set uh, or not top set their compound movement for sure I love how you mentioned that too and I think just kind of like piggybacking off that idea is that there's not like one way is better than the other right dumbbells barbells machines it's going to be whatever feels best for you and whatever you feel most comfortable with and i think definitely going into that i would definitely start with some type of rowing movement next right we're doing upper body um so that is going to be more of like a pulling movement right so think of like um a barbell bent over row maybe it's a dumbbell row um there's so many variations of a row but i would definitely go into a row moving net a row movement next yeah absolutely i totally agree i think if you're doing an upper body split you want to make sure you're hitting all of you know your upper body muscles if you will so shoulders back and then you want to look at chest as well as i would say like arms as well would definitely be in there as well, triceps and biceps. So after your pulling movement, this can be something like a lat pull down. You also want to look at if it's going to be a vertical pull down or something where more it's like, is that horizontal? Yeah. yeah. Horizontal where it's like a cable row. So looking at something like a lat pull down, barbell bent over row or a cable row, something along those lines where it's going to be a little bit higher intensity as well. Not necessarily a compound movement, but a bit higher intensity. For sure. And then I think definitely moving into there, you're going to want to focus on some type of shoulder, right? Whether or not it's a press. Um, I love a good lateral raise. Like those are really great ones. Um, these are moving more into a little bit more of like, kind of like what I mentioned before, like the accessory movements. Um, and then usually for like biceps and triceps, that's kind of what we're referring to as arms. I know some men train forearms. If you're a woman, I've never trained forearms. <laughs> I don't see a need to. This is a debate. I know some <laughs> men are like, I got to train forearms. If you're a woman and you're listening to this, Probably don't have, probably yeah, don't have forearms. That's kind of just like bridge under the water, water under the, <laughs> water under the bridge, dude. I can never say these things right. I can't even edit that out. Whatever. Um, but that's just like the real me. Um, a bicep curl, uh, some type of tricep movement. Now Vanessa won't stop laughing.
Basically just focusing on hitting your arms here towards the end of the workout. Usually that's what I would say. doesn't mean that doing some arms earlier in the workout is not good or bad. That's why we're kind of saying like training is so variable. It really like depends. Some people do biceps, maybe like they're you know, third or fourth exercise in, it really just depends on the individual. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely love to touch on that on the whole like forearm thing. Definitely. I don't think you have to train them if you're a woman. I definitely agree with you there. And I think within like the arm training as well, a lot of women get like nervous to train arms. I think that's a whole nother podcast in terms of like getting bulky, but definitely super important to prioritize those. And that's pretty much, I would say a pretty standard, you know, look at an upper body like split. That's just an example, of course. And in terms of like sets and reps, I did want to touch on this because it's going to vary so much. So just as a really, really rough guideline, this is extremely rough guideline just for a podcast, but I would say for most people where you're going to find like that four to seven rep range is going to be like a strength-based, you know, really trying to hit high numbers in terms of strength or what would be high for you. That's more like a strength-based um, set, if you will. And then you're going to look at like eight to 12. It's going to be more like hypertrophy training, which is going to be what you would consider, I would say, most productive, I think, in the strength training world in terms of building muscle. That might be an unpopular opinion, but that's my opinion. And and then when you look at like 12 plus, I would say when you start hitting like over 15 reps, you're looking at more like endurance training. And I think all of these like rep ranges have honestly a time and place. I've definitely worked in all of them. I do work in all of them. And I think it's super important. And then of course, within this, we can also talk about like the intensity within these sets, but I think we're going to touch on intensity a little bit later. I do want to circle back to the lower body movements and like how we would structure a leg day if you want to take that away. Yeah, for sure. So I definitely, excuse me, think starting off first and foremost, I would definitely do a squat um, to start. Definitely, whether it's a front squat, whether it's a barbell back squat, I would definitely start with this as your main movement. Obviously, like Vanessa mentioned, you're not going into it like very, very heavy first and foremost. You're working up to your, you know, your heaviest weight or your top set weight. Um, but that is definitely the first movement that I would kind of like go to as far as like, it is a compound movement. It is working, you know, the entire lower body. Definitely. I think when you're starting your leg day, you do want to get a leg movement that is working your entire leg. So you have your quad, you have your glutes and you have your hamstring, you know, calves, that's a, that's a later issue, but you know, you're working the entire leg, right? That's going to be super important. So something like a squat, something like a deadlift, something like a hip hinge, if that's something that you're trying to work on. So looking at one of these things and trying to see which is going to work best for you, what you want to bring up again, what your specific goal is. If you want to build your glutes, if you want to build your hamstrings, if you want bigger quads, this is going to be important, right? So, and not even just bigger, but just like having more muscle there, right? So what I would really look at next is definitely going to be, I would say, another compound movement for legs. I would say something like a close stance leg press, a wide stance leg press, something like a Smith machine squat, a hack squat. Um, you probably wouldn't want to do like barbell like back squats and then a hack squat back to back, of course. But this is all just like, again, hypothetical, giving you guys some examples. So I would look at something like a leg press, like a Smith machine squat, like a Bulgarian split squat, something along those lines that's still going to be intense, but it's going to be a little bit less taxing than your first official comp or your fit, your first official compound movement. Yeah, for sure. I absolutely love what you're mentioning there. And kind of like Vanessa is touching on too, look at all the different variances of just that second exercise, right? It doesn't mean that there is one way is better than the other. It's just different, right? They're all working um, a little bit of like different muscle groups, right? They all have different like 
um, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Not like ranges, like planes of motion, um, that sort of thing. So that is kind of something that I wanted to touch on. And then going into a third movement, usually here is where I would do a little bit more of like a hip hinge, um, as far as like some type of deadlift variation. Um, this is what I would like, whether it's, you know, barbell Romanian deadlift, or it is a dumbbell deadlift, whatever it may be. That's probably what I would recommend for that third movement. Yeah, absolutely. And then from here, I would say we definitely go into more accessories. You're going to look at your leg extension, your hamstring curl, your at your adductor, your abductor, um, things like that, glute ham raise, hyperextension, things like that. This is where you're going to really see those come into play. And I would say that's pretty much a pretty standard leg day. Something I want to touch on that we're kind of speaking on. Notice how these exercises, or not these exercises, these like workout programs that we're kind of giving you guys are not 12 exercises long, right? They're four, five, six movements max because you don't need that many to get an effective workout. And this is gonna kind of bring us into our last point, which is gonna be intensity. What the most important thing within your training is gonna be is the intensity you're able to bring into your sets. That is how you're going to see progress. If you can go into the gym, you can go into the gym six days a week and half-ass the effort and you're not gonna see the results that you're looking for versus the person that's training three days a week you know, with high intensity, giving their all and they're gonna see three times the results that you are, right? So it's important to, yes, be in, like, be in, to make sure and, and ensure that you're recovering well, you're fueling yourself well, and that you're keeping your internal health in check, which is very important when we're talking about training to intensity, because it's something that if you are not healthy, you cannot train to failure. Sorry, but it's true. We're both living it right now. And I think it's super important to touch on that. But if you are able to, if you are feeling yourself appro- appropriately, you're able to bring that intensity and within your sets, you're able to push that limit, then that is when you're going to see real true progress, both within your, like the weight you're moving within your physique, as well as just how you feel about your body and fitness in general. For sure. I love what you mentioned too, as far as like the amount of exercises, right? If you are not training with the right intensity, like basically if you are training correctly, you should not be able to do 12 exercises, 10, 12 exercises. You will be dead. You will be like, you know, kind of just like, struggling to get out of the gym, right? Your recovery will suck, that sort of thing. If you are training like with that much volume and at a really, really high intensity, right? Um, that is why I see a lot of times when we're like, whoa, we can't wait for a rest day. It's more so like we have to give our body that like rest and recovery that it like so, so needs at that time. Um, but yeah, I love what Vanessa kind of touched here as well as like really, really focusing on this like progressive overload, right? And knowing that this doesn't always mean that it's increasing weights, right? It can be better mind muscle connection. It can be a better form um, time under tension, right? All of these things are known as progressive overload. And this is what we're talking about when it comes to intensity, right? You can rush through a set and like, yeah, maybe you increase 20 pounds in two weeks, but it doesn't matter because like your form sucks or like your time under tempo sucks or you're rushing through the movement. Whereas, Hey, maybe it takes you like four weeks, but you've now increased it. You've got really, really good time under tension. You've got awesome form, like XYZ. So that's definitely something that I really, really wanted to touch on there. And then inherently those body composition changes follow. A hundred percent. And something that I want to talk to on talk on too within intensity is it takes time. Like me and Marissa talked about this podcast in the beginning of this podcast that like we've been at this for a very long time. We didn't walk in the first day, you know, to our local gym and then just like start training balls to the wall to failure. Of course not. Like it takes time. It takes a train, like it takes a lot of training time. It takes practice. It takes a trained eye to help us, right? With like cueing certain movements and like, you know, adjusting form and things like that. It's taken so much time. And like, I would even say we both have levels to sales tap into. And I think that we're definitely, you know, in a good spot for sure, but we definitely all have more to tap into. And I think when you're looking at training intensity, like you had mentioned too, 
within progressive overload. There are so many ways to progressively overload and we can make a whole podcast on that, honestly, but it is something where progressive overload is not just about increasing weight, increasing weight, increasing weight. I would be literally squatting 500 pounds and I'm not kidding. So it's not always about that, right? But it's about like Marissa said, tempo. Like, are you going down for two seconds, three seconds, pausing at the bottom of your squat and then driving up? That's a better squat than just going very, very fast for three reps, right? And there's a time and place, right? If you are like a power lifter or something, but besides the point, right? It's something where within progressive overload, if you have good mind-muscle connection, you have good form, you're really focusing on all of these factors, that's a better set than just increasing weight, increasing weight, increasing weight. So something I always tell my clients is like, hey, I want this slower. I want this slower. I want this more controlled. And that's probably my most common feedback, I would say, to clients in terms of training videos. Like, I really need this to be slower and more controlled more than anything else because that's so, so important. Yeah, I would definitely second that. I was literally just giving one of my girls feedback yesterday, and that's exactly what I said. Um, And I think a lot of times, too, kind of just due to like the nature of like HIIT workouts and strength classes and, you know, F45, we were both coached at F45. It's like rush, rush, rush. How quickly can you get through the movement? Whereas like, yeah, that's like one style training, but is it going to be the most optimal, especially from like an injury standpoint and a muscle building standpoint. But also to kind of just like saying this as well, like Vanessa mentioned, we've been at this for a very, very long time. Like I started training in like 2017 and I didn't learn how to train actually until like 2021. Yeah, I would agree with that very much so. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. so for all of you who are feeling a little discouraged, you know, or whatever it may be, realize that like it took me a very, very long time to even learn. And just like when I said, I've got tons of room to grow in. And that's why we kind of say these things because as we learn along the way, we just wanted to share this with you guys, right? Obviously, we're not sitting here saying that we know everything. We have tons to learn, um, but kind of just sharing, you know, our experiences with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to like be honest and be transparent about like, hey, we don't know everything, especially within regards to training, right? But we do know a good amount and we are here to share that with you. But there's always levels for us to tap into. There's always more for us to learn and we continue to learn and we're excited to keep learning in 2024. And I think it's an exciting time. As we continue to grow as coaches, grow as athletes, just grow as people in terms of this year. And I know we're both looking forward to it. So just like Marissa said, like if you're discouraged right now and you're listening to this, you're like, I don't have the best training intensity. I don't necessarily know what my format is or whatever. It's taken us so many years to get to where we're at. And we still have room to grow in two years, three years, five years listening to this podcast. I may be like, oh man, she did not know what she was talking about or whatever it may be, right? Because like we don't know everything. And I think it's so important to be like an eternal learner and always be learning. And that's a huge reason why we do what we do because we are, you know, keeping updated on the format and that works for people and the exercises that work for people and the research that comes out within like sets and reps and training to failure, like, you know, whatever it may be. So I think that's super important to touch on. For sure. And like we kind of mentioned here beforehand, our DMs are always open. If you guys have any specific questions on training, nutrition, anything, we love to talk and interact with you guys. So with that being said, we'll wrap up this episode here and we will catch you guys next week.